Chad Prather rose to internet fandom as the man who's unapologetically Southern. Heath Oaks is a published author who failed his way to success. Together, they tackle today's headlines in a way only a Southern Spitfire and a millennial mogul can. Take off your sport coat, grab a beer, and enjoy the conversation. This is Second Shot with Chad Prather and Heath Oaks. There's nothing more than I love coming sitting in here next to you, Zach. I mean, it just, it makes my day Likewise. every time. It's a good time. Good we to have see fun. you, buddy. Yeah, you too. How are you? Good, good, man. And we've got a really special guest. I'm super pumped today with Mr. Oliver. What's up? How are you doing? But I was hoping you wouldn't mention it because I just want people on the webcam to be confused. Oh, yeah. yeah. Something's wrong with Chad. <laughs> he, don't, he don't look right. Yeah, who's this Joe? <laughs> Chad, how was your weekend? Yeah. Chad, Chad, was your comedy show good this oh, weekend? Oh, it was fantastic. Yeah. But you know who's funnier than me is Oliver. <laughs> Oliver. <laughs> Oh, I love it. See, this is this is what's great uh, great thing about having today. We have Mr. Oliver on, and Oliver was um, I got introduced to him through my wife and 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 um, yes. her friends through TV. He's been on national syndicated TV show for many years. A, a comedian, entertainer. We'll learn a lot more about Oliver in the third segment as we typically do. And just so everybody knows that. You know, what we do on Second Shot is we try to take headlines and we try to make them something to try to turn them into your personal business life to help you. Kind of the fun, uh, more humor. Ad. I'm, I'm okay. not the who. You and Chad are the humor and I'm the one that just doesn't know much. And I just sit here and try to um, talk about something else. <laughs> but no, you do a good job because yeah. I've, I've been listening to the podcast and I, I'm looking forward to reading your book. Uh, oh, cool. Ignorance on Fire. Yeah. yeah. Uh, now, here's the thing. I, I don't know anything about ignorance. On, I got stupidity on ice. That's what I've been doing. <laughs> yeah. That's how I managed to get where I am. <laughs> well, see, I, I'm just not that smart. <laughs> so I never knew what I couldn't do. Well, you're a man who has worked very hard to get where you are. You've used your brain and you yep. used your stick-to-itiveness to get where you I'm the exact opposite. I've been failing upwards for 30 years, and I, I think I can share that with people. <laughs> Falling backwards <laughs> into success. Yes. Of course. Well, that, the, the subtitle is failing your way to success. Uh, well, that, I'm good at that. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. I know. And uh, so what we do is second show, we're going to take these and try to turn them into something to help you business-wise, personal-wise. Um, and then the third segment, typically we'll take any questions or anything from listeners. But today we're going to learn a little more about, about Oliver. But um, secondshotcast at gmail.com with emails, questions, or anything like that. Are you going to read this first headline, Zach? I got you. Yeah, got let, me, it? let me scoop this up. All right, first things first. MIT researchers have isolated a strategy to help kids grow up to be more successful, but most parents are afraid to do it. Let me explain. Okay. It's weird having kids. I think you guys both know your parents. Uh, sometimes it feels like the little things you do may not matter, but maybe they do. Maybe they matter more than you would think. And so the boys down at the lab at MIT decided they wanted to kind of check this out. So they started this study. They said that we're going to have two groups. We're going to have parents and kids. The parents are going to try to do something difficult, like get a key off a key ring or unlock a lock. And the kids are going to watch them do it. Okay. All right. And one group of parents, it'll take them 30 seconds. They'll really struggle with it. They'll, they'll try to get this key off this ring. And then, they'll, then they'll, they'll accomplish it. They'll do it. The other parents will do it like it's nothing. Super easy. So the kids will watch. And one group of kids will watch the parents struggle. The other group of kids will see how easy it is. Then they'll have the kids try a similar task. Uh, specifically in the study, it was try to turn on a toy that plays music. And the, the kids that did see the parents do it easily, they would ask a parent for help after a few seconds. They'd throw it on the ground. They, they, they'd give up. The kids that watched the parents struggle, they put more time into it. They were willing to try harder, and they were willing to give it more effort to try to accomplish their goal. And so the theory is that watching a parent struggle to overcome a hardship is actually better for the child. 
And it goes back to talking about the resilience, and, and they go in at the end of it and talk about the power of mindset, which goes back to one of my favorite books, uh, Psychology of Success by Carol S. DeWeck. I think it's a crucial read for anybody to do. And she talks about the difference of fixed mindset and growth mindset. Okay. And so, like, for instance, like, if, you're, if your kid studied really hard for a test and passed it and come home, you, what we naturally will do is you're so smart, right? Uh-huh. Genius. But yet we, we, what we need to say is you studied so hard, that's why you did well on that test because we don't want to set them up for thinking they can't ever try something and fail. Uh-huh. You know, we want, we want to reward that, that going up. Now, you have a six-year-old, correct? Yes, I do. And I'm glad to hear this because this shows that I've been doing the, th- uh, the thing you're supposed to do, failing in front of your child. <laughs> yeah. And she's learning from that. So I, I'm glad to hear that. So she I, doesn't think dad's a failure. She's oh, growing resilient. Oh, no. She understands that dad – well, you said the, the parents were doing something difficult, like getting a key off a key <laughs> ring. And I was like, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if that's the difficult part, I've been doing it great because I, I struggle with most things during the day. I, You know – I, my daughter has seen me struggle with almost everything. Because I'm going to tell you this as a parent. Parenting is failure. Yep. Because nobody knows how to do it. You're just trying to do the best you can. But you have to understand, they watch everything. They see everything you do, and they store it. And so you have to be very careful of everything you do. Like we were driving around the other day, and we were, uh, we were coming from a soccer game, and we were deciding where we wanted to stop and get something to eat. And we drove past a McDonald's, and my daughter yells, ah, we are not stopping there because we are not a McDonald's family. And it's oh, like, yeah. I was like, where did she get that from? <laughs> where does she, under- first of all, we are a hungry family. Yeah. We're looking wherever some food <laughs> yeah. is. But she also said, you know, she had heard us say that somewhere. And so she picks all that stuff up. So now I have to be careful what I said about her mom's friend. <laughs> yeah. Because no, she'll repeat that. <laughs> yeah. She will say that again. Well, here's my thing, Oliver, because I, you know, I got a four month old and you're yes. a little bit more ahead of the curve. And, and I'm trying to get a hold of this whole paying attention to everything I seen do. And, and, you're right. It, it's crazy how much even my four month old mimics very little things oh, already. They, stuff. they like you can't do much of. I mean, the good thing for her is she's going to have two different examples. She's going to have the mom that's beautiful, that's uh-huh. smart and and can accomplish. All, and then she's going to have the dad and she's going to think. Well, my dad's got to be a good salesman, and um, and she's going to see the dad that that she's going to see both examples. You can be successful and be really smart, and be somebody who just really hits the grind. Uh-huh. And I'm hoping she's going to get both of them. Well, I think you're a very good example for her because because I've met your wife. She's intelligent yes. and beautiful and smart and funny and. How the hell did you do this? I'm telling you, man. <laughs> I'm telling you, she's seen, she's seen a man work. Yes, is what she's it's sales, seen. baby. <laughs> but it, 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 the thing that always amazes me about children is how they absorb even the lessons you don't know you're teaching them. They are picking up every little thing from you. And I learned that I need to focus on trying to to do things well so that she can see some, she can model that behavior. Do you have any of those things as a parent that you've done in corporate? Uh, it's funny, uh, Sarah Blakely, the lady who created Spanx, they said um, uh, they were interviewing her and, and asked her, said, well, you know, all these other women said, I came up with that idea too, but she obviously is the one who made it. Right, do she's the one who actually. She goes, it. She goes, look, here was the thing. I'll, I'll, uh, she goes, I made it because, and she was a copy machine salesman first. So okay. she, she was somebody who's been told no, hitting the face over and over, right? Right. She had resilience a lot. And they go, well, why do you, they ask her, why do you think it was? She goes, I remember as a kid one thing my dad did every week with us. Okay. At the dinner table, always asked, where did you fail at today? That was the one question he asked every day. It's a good one. She goes, so failing to me was good. So I, 
I could go walk in the hundred doors and try to sell a coffee machine, right. and ninety of them tell me to get the heck out of here. Do you have anything like that as a parent that you can recommend to some of the people? Like, I love that question. I think we need to be asking our kids. I think I want to encourage everybody. Ask your kids what did they fail at today. Let's encourage kids to know that it's okay not to be perfect. Do you have any of those little tricks or anything you've done? You feel like maybe your daughter could be that Sarah Blakely getting interviewed and say, well, my dad did X, Y, Z. I tell her all the time, you're not failing. You're just figuring out the thing you don't want to do again. Yeah. And that's the way I've always looked at life. I, I have a formula. It's SW cubed. Some work, some won't, so what? I do things until I find the right one. Because I grew up you know, on my own. I had to figure stuff out on my own. So I always look at things as, well, no, I, I know I won't do that again. That was that was stupid. Yeah. I know I won't do that again. <laughs> and so I'm just I'm narrowing things down. Some people look for the one right answer. I'm looking for the one million wrong answers. You know what I'm 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 not looking forward to is um, you know, I didn't my, my parents didn't have the ability to give me whatever I wanted. Uh-huh. Um and and my daughter's gonna be in a position to where financially wise, like 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 I, I I loved having to go work when I wanted those pair of Nikes to save my money to go do get them, uh-huh. right? I've got to like being careful with that, not giving too much of what you didn't have type thing <laughs> when when not having that is who what made me who I am. Well, you want to give your children stuff. Yeah. You want you don't want your children to suffer. Of course. Yes. But but we forget sometimes that growing up poor might have been a slight blessing. Because yeah. we weren't Massive poor. Blessing. No, we couldn't afford to be we were yeah. po. We yeah. couldn't afford the other <laughs> O and R. Yeah, yeah. We were hoping for that. Yeah. You ever you ever take water and put it in ketchup to make more ketchup? Yeah. That's poor. <laughs> yeah, that's that's poor. Yeah. That's broke. And yeah. so sometimes you think about those things and go, well, maybe I can look on the positive side. Not because you want to revel in it or anything like that, but because you're trying to pull the positive out of something that could be a negative. So I hope that's what my daughter realized. And I, I will wrap it up with this one, but I have a, a deal that I read that I listened to this weekend. He said um, there's a difference between being broke and poor. Right. He goes, broke is an economic status, poor is a state of mind. Don't okay. ever be poor, be broke. And I loved it. I was like, there that's really, he's a broke is an economic status. Poor is a, is a mindset of being I'm, poor versus being broke. And I loved it. But um, that's good stuff. So listen, my child's going to make it well, so is Oliver's, because they're going to get to see dads are going to fail often, <laughs> especially whenever her dad has failing her way to success in his book. So we'll wrap this up. Be right back for the second segment. He likes cowboy hats and boots. And he's a suit and tie kind of guy. Chad Prather and Heath Oaks host more of Second Shot coming up on RNCN. Hey everybody, it's Chad here. And if you know anything about me, you know that I read a lot of books, at least three to four a week. And there's one that I've read several times. It's by my buddy, Heath Oaks. It's called Ignorance on Fire, Failing Your Way to Success. If you want to have your life changed in your business, in your relationships, in the way you look at the world of success, you need to pick up Ignorance on Fire. Go to Amazon.com, buy the book, leave a review. I promise you, you're going to love it. Go get it today. Ignorance on Fire by Heath Oaks, Failing Your Way to Success. Ready, aim, fire. Second Shot is back for another round on the Real News Communications Network. The problem that, the problem that Chad's going to have here is that now that Oliver's much funnier than he is, that's what I'm going to tell him. Don't say that. He's much more successful than I am. <laughs> oh, the list, come on now. 
We're welcome back to the second segment of Second Shot. Man, we've got this hilarious one. Like when I heard this headline story, okay. I just died laughing and I was like, this is so Texas. Yes, this like, is very much Texas. Uh, are you from Texas? I oh. uh, grew up in North Dallas. Oh, did went you? Went to okay. Lake Highlands High School. Love it. Where's Lake Highlands? It's uh okay, you know uh, you know that real nice area? Uh, when you uh, go towards White Rock Lake, yeah. Okay, you know that real nice area that's south of there. Yeah, uh, it's between those two. Not so nice area between those two. <laughs> that's a great description. It's that terrible spot in the middle where you like keep your windows rolled up and lock your doors. Yeah. That's, that's us. Yeah. See, I, I uh, we love the White Rock Lake area. Oh, I love White Rock Lake. The problem is, is is it's really not a good place to live because you can't get around from there. No, the traffic getting in and out of that place is like real like. Like, trying to get anywhere from there is not easy. No, it's too popular is the problem. Yeah. What they need to do is quit telling people about it. But they don't have any major roads, though, like, coming in. Like, they got the Loop 12 that goes through there or whatever, but yeah. it's not like uh, – but there's too much going in. There's always congestion right. all around that aspect of there's not, like, an easy routes. Like, living right over here, you got the tollway. Yeah. Yes. And, you know, you've got some of the bigger routes out of it. Man, it kills me. No, I love to sit over there and just watch the spillway. Yeah, uh, that's a beautiful thing to do when you you can't afford cable. Yeah. Just sit and watch. I'm gonna watch water. Yeah, mm, mm. beautiful daughter. Con- taking your daughter. We're gonna go to the water park, baby. Contemplate life. Yeah. All right. So Zach, hit us with hit us with this headline. Yes. Um, bizarre 1.2 million dollar fajitas theft scheme leads to arrest. This one's bizarre. I mean, it starts with the word bizarre. It's bizarre. A Texas man was charged with felony theft after investigators linked him to an odd plot to steal more than $1.2 million worth of fajitas. How do you steal more than $1.2 million worth of fajitas? Did he do it during happy hour? No, no, no. Here's here's the kicker. This this took place over the course of nine years. Oh. Yeah, this guy's playing the long game. Oh, wow. Right. So here's how it worked. One day, let me. I'm just going to read it right out. Oh, Former Cameron County Juvenile Justice Department employee Gil, Gilberto Escar- Escaramillo missed work one day in August for a medical appointment. The same day, a delivery driver called the kitchen about having 800 pounds of fajitas to drop off. A woman informed the driver that the juvenile department didn't serve the Tex-Mex food fajitas, but the but the driver said he'd been delivering it for nine years. So the guy comes back to work from next day, the next day after, after the doctor's appointment. They say, okay, why is somebody delivering 800 pounds of fajitas? And apparently this guy's been doing it for nine years. He, he'd worked it out somehow where it was getting billed to the department, I think, and nobody noticed. And he was determined at the end of the day to have stolen $1.2 million worth of fajitas. Um, he was last, arrested last week on a felony theft charge. Um, if, to, to quote the reporter, uh, if it wasn't so serious, you'd think it was a Saturday Night Live sketch, but this is a real thing. Now, you know what's funny to me here is? Shoot. How they want to try to take, like, how they say felony theft after investigation linked him to, like, trying to take, like, credit, like, that they, like, were investigating and caught it. Yeah. No, y'all accidentally got it because the man went to the dentist. <laughs> Don't sit here and act like yeah, y'all had this great plot how y'all caught the man. No, the man went to the dentist like an idiot when he was supposed <laughs> to get his new shipment of fajitas that he's been doing for nine years. Y'all didn't do no big investigation. Okay, but I, I don't know how you figure this. This is why I'm not a criminal. Yeah. I'm not smart enough right. to commit this crime. Because I'm not going, well, I don't go someplace for fajitas and go, you imagine how much money we could make? I mean, <laughs> how big is the black market fajita market? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're in South Texas. That baby's big. Okay. No, no, this is North Texas. How are you selling black market fajitas? And 
Sorry, this opens up so many more questions than it does answers for me. Uh, was he selling them back or was he keeping them? What did he do with 800 pounds a week? He was selling I mean, them. he's got to be, right? Yeah, he was. Where's he turning that around? Yeah, okay, but that's my question because that's North Texas. You don't have to smuggle fajitas. If you want fajitas, if you're desperate fajitas, pick a door and knock. Somebody will give you fajitas. Right. Well, this was actually in South Texas. This was in Brownsville. Okay. And which is even more fajita right, that's country. even more of a question. <laughs> okay. Everybody's got fajitas. Everybody's the got one thing they got is fajitas. But Nobody's what, hurting them. No, but yeah. what, what he was doing, though, his buddy who owns the Tex-Mex restaurant down the road, who has to pay, say, a dollar a pound per fajitas, right. he's selling to them for 50 cents. So his buddy's making 50 cents more getting them on the black market. Okay, but it, you would think somebody would be selling something a little bit harder to get <laughs> inside some au jus. Absolutely. Or yeah, 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 like some, some uh, escargot. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just some, some barbecue, see. something normal. <laughs> Nine yeah. years this guy was doing that. Nine years. And That's extreme. After that long of doing it, why do you screw up and forget and go to the dentist oh, on I the know. day that your delivery of That's how you get busted? Really? It's not like an epic car chase or something? No. They're like trying to make it act that, that they were like investigating, but right. they weren't. They st- they're they're they trying to inject some reality in this absurd story. Yeah, but now he's in a cell with some guy who's going, I murdered my whole family. What did you do? Yeah. I stole fajitas. I stole fajitas. I a whole lot of fajitas. fajitas. I'm going to just go ahead and take the bottom bunk if <laughs> yeah. that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't mind me. Gosh, you know, I, I don't know if it was, it was beef or chicken, probably a combo. I'd love to see the, <laughs> I'd love to see the livestock numbers on that. How many cows did that guy steal worth the oh fajitas? My God. You know, how many chickens? Come that had to be Lord. a lot for $1.2 million worth. <sighs> $1.2 million. That's Was there anything about this story that makes you kind of take it to like how, how this can go with the business or personal or 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 anything? Did anything jump out at you that was just like, man? Two, uh, the number one thing is it's important to cover your shift. Yeah. yeah. If you <laughs> yes. if you got a doctor's appointment, right. make sure you get somebody in there to take care of that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it was at least looking at it. I know the guy was doing something wrong, and I shouldn't be advocating for that. But, but like, know when to fold him. You got nine years worth of this, man. Like, once you crossed a million, you probably should have stopped. You should have just said, you know what? I'm out. Like, I had a good run. I haven't been busted. He could have just stopped it, and it would have been okay. Okay, but just like a man in front of a plate of fajitas at Uncle Julio's, he had to go back for just a little more. I just, can I get a little more? I'd That's take another what swing gets at that every ball. criminal, though. Every criminal and every gambler yes. doesn't know when to stop. So I looked at it, and I thought, this is the typical thing. This always, like in your business or personal, right? Okay. You may personally be screwing up right now with, with uh, your wife, maybe your girlfriend, maybe something, oh. and you consistently doing all that and thinking, you know what? I'm good. I'm getting away with this, right? At the end of the day, you're going to screw up go to the dentist. <laughs> the stuff's going to come up wrong. Yeah, but that's the, first of all, that's the first time anybody's ever said that. I messed up and went to the dentist. No right. lie. <laughs> but if you, if you have a... a First of all, I don't. A crime doesn't pay, kids. If, yes. you, if your children are listening, crime doesn't pay. Never. But on top of it, food crime never pays. Because why would? I, how are you stealing this? Because the guy could have taken the truck and and parked it somewhere and said, you know, I, I had these fajitas, but there was nobody to deliver them to. Now you got a truck full of spoiled fajitas, yep. and so it was always going to get him caught. Right. At some point or another, and you're never going to be able to get away with it long term. And I, and I, I truly believe that doing the wrong thing will always come back to you. Like the karma of doing, like when people go, let me tell you, the true, wealthy, successful people all give back in a big way and do the right thing. Now, you may think that, I always say, no matter if you leave this earth with all the wealthy possessions you can have, okay, right. and you were a bad person, uh-huh. 
um, you're probably going to be burning in hell for eternity. Okay. So it's it's going to get you in the end. Uh-huh. If it doesn't on this earth, it will get you in the end. And no matter what you're doing, there's a time to stop. And and you got a chance to redeem yourself at this moment. You may be somebody that's consistently treating your people like crap. You may be taking money on the table from your boss. Maybe it's $10 here or there. And look, at the end of the day, can you look at yourself and think, I want my kids to see my dad on the news for stealing fajitas over and over. Do you want that as your kid's recollection of who you are and as a human? So the little bitty things right. are what pile into something big. If you consistently cheat on that golf stroke, you're going to consistently, then it's easier to cheat um, and take that $10. Then when you take the $10, right. it's easier to take $100. So stop yourself now because don't end up on this headline. So you're saying you don't want that to be on your tombstone. Yep. You don't want the words, but they were some good fajitas. <laughs> but oh, they yeah. were some good <laughs> but- <laughs> That would actually be a perfect one for yeah. that. Um, but at the end of the day, guys, eat your fajitas. Yeah. Buy them. Yeah. Don't steal them. Get your yeah. get legitimate fajitas from legitimate. Don't buy back alley fajitas. <laughs> if there's anything we can learn. Don't buy back alley fajitas. <laughs> That's, right. That's that. great. Uh, we're going to come back here in just a minute, the third segment of Second Shot. Now that's what I call ignorance on fire. More of Second Shot with Chad and Heath still to come. To all of my friends in the great state of Texas, if you would like to cut your power bill in half tomorrow, go to energyogre.com, put in the promo code WATCHCHAD. I will tell you that I have saved over 65% on my first year using energyogre.com. They do all the work for you, and they save you money at the same time so you never have to worry about it again. Again, go to energyogre.com, promo code WATCHCHAD, and save some money. Kick off your boots or suit up. The choice is yours. Welcome back to Second Shot with Chad and Heath on RNCN. Well, we're sitting here with Oliver, not Chad on this one. And typically on our third segment, this is where we're going to take like your your listener emails, questions, or comments. Or maybe you have headlines. We've had people sending headlines they liked and wanted to okay. get our spill on it. But today I want us to get to know Oliver a little bit better. I want, I want you to get to know who he is and, and see where you can connect up with him. And if you're in the, the Texas area... Or maybe you have a company or business and looking for like a different type of uh, uh, um, entertainment for your employees and stuff. I'll have Oliver maybe tell you a little bit about, you know, kind of what you do on a regular basis, where they can find you at and some of the fun stuff you do. Okay. Well, uh, I'm in a group called Four Day Weekend, Mm -hmm. and we have been performing for just over 20 years. We do a comedy show. So you're trying to get, you know, some experience. Yeah, I'm learning my way. You know, people always say exposure. That's what it's about. I always say, you know, people always say, you want to do a free show because, you know, exposure. And I always say, (laughs) no, people die from exposure. (laughs) Whatever the reverse of exposure is, that's what I'm looking for. But we do our show, uh, we do a public show. We've Mm -hmm. been doing the show for 20 years, like I said. But we also do a corporate show where we go into companies and we explain how comedy, how our success in comedy and doing over 6,000 shows, 6,500 shows, uh, translates into the business world. And we have a book, if I may. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, a book called Happy Accidents. It's on Amazon right now. It was on the bestseller list last week. Uh, we've done come really out? well with the book. Uh, it came out October 20th. Gotcha. No, October 5th, excuse me. We believe that the things that have made us us successful and have helped us build a business also translate to most businesses. And so it's kind of that humor and business combined that has worked so well for us. We've done shows for most of the Fortune 500. You know, if there's a big company, we've probably done a show for them. And we've done shows all over the world, Bermuda, Singapore, 
all over the place. We uh, we just did a uh, a tour for the armed forces earlier part of the year. That was cool for me because it was kind of things coming full circle for me because I was in the army. Oh, you were? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, and then uh, kind of getting to go back and see it from the other side was kind of cool. Plus, you know. Uh, it, it was easy. It was shooting fish in a barrel for me because yeah, yeah. I've been there. I know what they're yeah. going through. So. so you could really, yeah, yeah, you were really showing everybody up on the improv. Because you, you, now let me ask you this: I'll, here's what's different. People understand is that it's, there's comedy and stuff, but it's you and that group of people, y'all have that's y'all's business. Y'all Absolutely. have that. Y'all make that. You're not just a hired comedian. You, y'all are running that business. Y'all built that business and 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 doing that to great things. And I think that's something that. Um, not a lot of people uh, really will ever, a lot of times they don't think about it that way where an entertainer or any sort that's their business they're building oh, absolutely it. and and how that can relate now I, I think the idea is great I think it's so cool that corporate stuff because it humor needs to be injected into all of it much well, more humor is always the way to get your message across in the best way people retain that message yep. there have been studies that show people retain 80 percent more of the information oh, wow. now I'm not just making up that figure although I could have but, you know, uh, it's one of those things where we are able to come in and take the corporate messaging and make it more palatable for everybody involved. Now, as far as us, you know, I went to school for theater. Yeah. I studied theater in school. So I don't have a business degree. I was, we were learning all those things as we went. We had to learn every, every business thing we picked up. We had to learn the hard way. Just screwing it up. Yeah, we did it the wrong way, and then we figured out the right way to that's do it. That's exactly right. how I did it. <laughs> Failing your way to success. Yeah, that's absolutely true. But I, I also think there's something to that because, you know, you mess it up one time, you won't do it that way again. Absolutely. You'll figure it out. Yes. There's no faster way to learn it than that because you don't forget that. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you can go sit in a, in, a, in a classroom for hours and do textbook stuff, but until it happens to you really and you can't pay your bills next week because of that screw up, you don't do that again. No, I and, and I've always learned. My mother used to say when we were growing up, a hard head makes for a soft behind. But she used to. My mother's from. Uh, my mother's from the Caribbean, so she would say it with her accent. So it sounded a lot more pleasing. A hard head make for a soft behind. And so that is but, more pleasing. Yeah. yeah. And so, oh, my mother had the most pleasant way of telling you you were in trouble because you, oh Oliver, you, go, uh, I'm going for spank your bottom. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so, uh, I, I'm in trouble, but I'm kind of cool with it. Yeah. And so I got the red, I got the redneck dad that what he said was, "Boy, if you're gonna be stupid, you better be tough." <laughs> well, it's kind of the same thing. It's absolutely yeah. the same thing because yeah. you know the lessons you learn the hard way are the lessons you don't forget, and I think that's what the message was. Now, on your book, Happy Accidents, give us a little bit about it. What, what, what would somebody pick up in that book? What, what well, are they the idea pick it up for well, the our main thing is when you're improvising. Because I've done stand-up, too. Mm -hmm. And so stand-up comedy, when you're doing stand-up, it's just you. You're alone. You've come up with everything. However, when you're improvising, you're working with a group of people. And the idea that you have to remember is that whatever we come up with as a group is going to be better than whatever I come up with individually. Mm -hmm. Because... Uh, you know, I got seven minds working on this problem. I don't just have my mind. So I have to open myself up to possibilities. When we start a scene, uh, you may have an idea in your head. You may think this is going to be really funny. But then somebody else will say something, and that thing will be hilarious. And, and you have to be willing to go with it and just drop your idea and run with what they've come up with. And so everybody in our business, uh, the idea we always talk about is that you're doing a show. We're doing a live show. 300 people every week, you know, two shows a night. And I would see this sea of cameras, phones. People, you know, are videotaping the show. 
And I'm like, watch the show, you know. Right. It kind of would get on my nerves. And then one of the guys who worked there, Chantry, he said, no, you're thinking of it the wrong way. Those people love the show so much, they want to share it with their friends. In fact, we should try to incorporate this into the show. So then we started doing a bit where somebody would have their phone out, and I would ask to see something from their Facebook. And so we'd put the picture up on a screen, and then we would do a scene based on a picture from their photo reel. Oh, wow. And it ends up That's being genius. like a really funny thing. Yeah. So it's the idea that I didn't come up with that. Somebody else had that idea. But spinning that idea together, we were able to come up with something that's in the show and it's kind of a staple of the second act. Now. Well, you know what's funny is the more you talk about it, the more that I think about all the things in business really and all of it it does. Because when you think about improv, you go, when y'all are up there, you don't know what it is. Somebody throws out the deal and you've got to roll with it. And it's Absolutely. not going to sound like it, it goes. So you do. You have to give and take. Yes. Right? you you got to You've got to, like you said, you had something mind, and they go with something else, and it's really good. You've got to quickly go with it. And, mm -hmm. and you know, in business and everything, general people giving and taking doesn't happen very easily. Well, it's we've run into that. You, you'll do a, we'll do a seminar for a company. And the toughest person to get to give in to that is the CEO because he's used to telling people no. And the biggest problem in improvisation is the word no. We have to strike that from our vocabulary yeah. because yes is where we're going. That's why the subtitle of the book is The Transformative Power of Yes And. Because when you say something, not only do I have to say yes to it, but I have to add to it. I have to and it. So now I'm taking whatever it is that's been created by the group, I'm embracing it, and then making it a positive by adding something to it. And that's how we grow our ideas. And sometimes it's hard for people to let go yeah. and learn, because no is very powerful. I'm going to tell you no because I can't. Yeah. In fact, sometimes I don't even need a reason. I'm just going to tell you no. When just because. When in reality, some, I'm not saying you have to say yes to everything. Some ideas are dumb. We're not going to make car tires out of cheese. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah, idiotic. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but sometimes you have to learn that by saying yes, I can see an idea that is interesting, pursue that idea, and it can lead us to something we didn't have before. And in the improv, you have no choice. But to roll oh, absolutely. Because you're sitting up there in front of everybody. Like You don't have a chance to go, like, hey, dude, that's wrong. I wanted to go the other way. You right. can't argue about it. Every night we start with zero. We literally construct our business from the ground up every night repeatedly, which I've said is the dumbest way we could have done that. <laughs> if we just wrote this show down, we could quit working. But So if they want to come to your show, where, where is it at? And, and, and uh, what nights? And how would they get tickets and do all that? Uh, everything you need to know is at 4dayweekend.com. We're in Sundance Square in beautiful downtown Fort Worth. Yep. Been there for 20 years. The most beautiful downtown in America. And the thing about it is, if you want to come out to a show, we're there Friday and Saturday, 7.30 and 10. Those are our public shows. And I'd love to see you out. Can they buy tickets at the door? You they can get need tickets online, online fourdayweekend.com. Okay. It's all right there. Uh, tickets are, uh, they, they're going quickly, as they say. So yeah. you should probably get some ahead of time. And, mm. and then the book, say it all again, where the book is. Uh, the, the book title. is called Happy Accidents, The Transformative Power of Yes And. It's on Amazon. Uh, just search for Four Day Weekend or... Or happy accident. And you on social media? You active on social media? We're all over the place. Four day weekend. I'm at Mr. Nice, M I Z T A Nice, uh, on all the socials. Okay. And uh, uh, as always, at Heath Oaks or Ignorance on Fire, you can look me up and send us some emails at secondshotcast at gmail.com. Oliver, thank you for coming, man. I know oh, this take, for... take time out of it for you, but I, this was awesome. I, I really loved having <laughs> you. Well, thank you, man. Yep. We'll wrap it up. See you guys next time.
listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio.